you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? On the reflexes. Hello, hello. I'm Katie, and welcome to the premiere of Retromade, your pop culture rewind. Ready to take a trip down memory lane? In case you missed the season one trailer, I hope you'll be excited to hear that season one is dedicated to the ultimate everyman, Kurt Russell and Patrick Swayze. We're going to travel back to July of 1986 to discuss the Kurt Russell cult classic and all of the other goings on of the time. Now, I have a super special guest to introduce, the man who got me hooked on podcasts and took a chance on me as a co-host of One More Round, the Rocky Series podcast. He also started an entire network of action podcasts from back in the day called The Last of the Action Heroes Podcast Network. The one, the only, Ryan Revalkin. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, wow. I, I, I almost felt like I was somebody just for a second there, Katie. Thank you so much for, for having me on. Well, thank you so much for joining me on my very first episode of Retromade. You have, what, 20 different shows now? Or <laughs> Stop what? it. Tell no, me about no, it. No, I don't. I, I have a lot. But let me just say, I, I have a lot, but I don't have a lot. Let me just talk about you first. And let's talk about you oh. only. You're the host of the show. I just want to say, I feel like a proud father. Because uh, for your listeners, I mean, I'll be very brief because it's, it's going to involve me. I don't want to make this about me. But yes, I did a Rocky po- I do a Rocky podcast. But the first one I did was called Go in the Distance, which you were a listen- listener of. And mm-hmm. you emailed me. And I really liked your thoughts. and. I forget what it was that triggered me, but I was looking for, well, another co-host for One More Round, the Rocky Series podcast, when I was going to look into the Rocky films for the second time, kind of go through it one more time, all six films. And I already had Kyle, our co-host, with me, but I was like, you know, I I had my brother, then Kyle finish up going the distance, but I kind of want to do something fresh now. I want to feed, I know this sounds totally, I don't know how to say it other than just, I wanted a female perspective. I wanted a female voice. I thought it would just add more flavor to the show and to myself too. I don't want to hear other guys just keep talking. You know, I wanted a, <laughs> like I, yeah, I wanted a different flavor. I don't know how to describe it. Mm-hmm. And you co-hosted as a guest co-host. I, I literally put you on the spot. I'm, I'm, I said, come, come do a episode with me. If you hate it, don't worry about it. Nobody will know it was a trial. And we trialed it and you had a blast. You were, you were great. You're fantastic. I mean, for, for a woman, you're not bad. So it was, <laughs> sorry, but you, you're, you're, you're absolutely amazing. And then when you told me you know, months and years later, whatever it is that you're going to do this retro made podcast, I was so proud. I was so happy. It's like, wow, she's branching out. She's tackling this on her own because she's got the bug. Like you said, it's a fun hobby. And I want to say congratulations to you and all the best. I want your show to kill it. And yeah, I'm just very excited. Thank you so much. Well, aw. <laughs> I almost don't know what to say, but thank you. All right. Well, so as I mentioned, we're going to travel back in time to July of 1986 for today's wow. movie. Okay. So let's set that stage by opening the time capsule from that time. Well, so what is that time? Explain to me what the time capsule is. Well, we'll get into it just oh. momentarily. Oh, I'm excited. Well, this um, is the premiere episode, so we don't, this is like everyone's hearing this kind of thing for the first time. You know, I'm really excited. For we're this. Guinea pigging it. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. 
So I had to share that specifically because as you mentioned, all the feels, Cheers was one of the popular TV shows at the time, according to Nielsen ratings, Mm -hmm. it along with some others that I'll get into, but specifically Cheers and the feels, I always got a homesick feeling with that theme song. Was it just me? Like, that's the best way I could describe it. You weren't even born in 86. How could you even know? So I was 11 years old in 86. And I, I definitely watched Cheers, but I was young when Cheers came out, like a young, well, t- like adolescent teenager who had a long run. But I enjoyed it for, you know, Woody and the, the characters, Norm and Cliff. I appreciated mm-hmm. it more as an adult, but uh, I just want to say, like, I, yeah, I just missed those sitcom days. And I know you're a big sitcom lover t- as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I'm the youngest. I don't know where you are in family order. So as the youngest, I think I was just like the least sheltered. So I saw things <laughs> earlier. I relate more to things that are a little bit older than me. And Cheers was on for several seasons and seeing it in reruns and stuff. Right. Yeah. It's but on yeah. Paramount Plus now, I think for me, or I don't know what network's on. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I love it. I love Fraser. I'm a huge Fraser nut. This is, I I've seen that all the way through three or four times. I, that is my comfort. I love Fraser. I love it, love it, love it. So I don't love it, <laughs> but I can see why people, it's fine. Like I don't dislike, it's just, it's not one of my sure. all-time ultimate favorites, but it was one of many, or one of a few spinoffs from Cheers. So that's essentially what the time capsule is, to get to your point, is we're going to kind of take a peek at some other pop culture mm. Things, whether it's TV, cartoons, snacks, right music, all so those. Yeah, during this time, right? Okay. I think I was five. Okay. Yeah, depending wow. on when when it aired. But like I said, I was watching whatever my parents were watching, whatever my grandparents were watching, my sisters were watching. Yeah, I was According- third. Of, I was third to four. Sorry, yes. How- In the birth yeah, order. I was, I was, so only one younger brother, but my parents were pretty good about. They didn't. You know, it was it were '80s babies too, so things just they weren't really monitored the way, and we didn't watch anything highly inappropriate. But I mean, I watched a lot of Terminator and Rambo and RoboCop, all yeah. these movies when I was 11, 12 years old. So I mean, whatever, you know, I survived. Yeah, same. I so same, but also it was like it was just different then, like the world didn't revolve around children, mm-hmm. I guess, like I it sort of does now. <laughs> I don't know. Your kids watched what you wanted to watch and not vice versa. That's right. It seems. That's, that's right. Also, so according to Nielsen ratings in July of 1986, in addition to Cheers, we have The Cosby Show. Yeah. Yeah. Family Ties. Oh, I love it. Murder. She, yeah. Right. Murder She Wrote. Do you remember Murder She Wrote? Yeah. My mom liked it. Yeah. Murder She Killed Me With Boredom. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Angela Lansbury just recently passed, I think ripped to her but yeah all i remember with murder she wrote she narrated and at the typewriter and she's an old mm-hmm. lady solving crimes like come on yep it was a thing back in the it was the but 80s. no i mean i was 12 <laughs> years old what do you think i'm gonna watch this geriatric yeah. woman at a typewriter like holy smokers okay the well, team was that i yeah. think was that during that time okay so. so the golden girls also yep. it like for basically every movie that i do in the 80s that's going to be in the top nielsen ratings because it was girls? an amazing show yeah it's i awesome. watched it i watched it back then absolutely yeah oh, so good and then dynasty which i didn't i'm unfamiliar no. with dynasty i'm aware of it so those are yep. like the top one two three four five six shows and then there were some interesting <clears throat> shows that premiered in 86 okay alf 
Oh, Did you watch Owl? Yes, but stupid. He always wanted to eat the cat. That's all I remember from that. It was Alien. He always wanted to eat the cat. Apparently, he had mm-hmm. a, a, but he never did eat the cat. But he always like wanted to eat the cat. I think the house cat, and then the alien from everyone else. I, I don't know. It was, yeah. Anyways, yes. It just was I, a ridiculous puppet show. Yeah. It is, it was ridiculous, but it's on some channel in syndication now. I recently watched an episode. It's actually not terrible, but okay. But enough. the premise is crazy. Anyway, designing women. Yeah. Uh, L.A. Law, yeah. which I don't Never really remember. Head of the Class. Do you remember that one? I, I, I was like the teacher. Of, I think it was high school. Was that the same teacher or... that was the actor that was in WKRP? Is that the same guy? Uh-huh. I think yeah, so. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I just never I watched so. it, but I watched WKRP, which is weird, but I didn't watch him. Because that, that was even earlier. Yeah, it was even yeah. earlier, but I watched WKRP, Les Nesman, the news. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I vaguely remember that. Perfect Strangers was another yeah. one that was premiered. Was it Laka this... or Vaca? Was this not Laka? That was Taxi. What was this guy's Balky. name? Balky. Balky. Thank you. Yeah. Bronson Pinchot. I, I thought that was cute. It was okay. Amen. No. With the guy from the Jeffersons. Right. Of course. Our House, which... The name might not sound familiar, but I almost had forgotten about it, except it's with Wilford Brimley and <laughs> Shannon Doherty. Do you, does this, no, anyone, does no. this seem familiar to anyone? <laughs> Is uh, Wilford Brimley, he's the guy with diabetes? That's him, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's him. Yep. <laughs> he's, I think he died of diabetes, I think. <laughs> Maybe. I remember watching that show with my grandparents vaguely. And then one of the most famous shows ever. The Oprah Winfrey Show right. premiered in 1986. Wow. I think it's been on ever since. Or I don't know. Maybe it's not still on. I don't know. No, it's not on anymore. I, even I know this. Come on okay. now. Come on. No, it, it, it's been off the air for almost probably 10 to 15 years at least. The old network. And she had that for a while. I don't, magazine, that, I don't know if that's still a thing. And then she had the old magazine. What I love about the old magazine is she's on the front of every cover. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah okay so picture it 1986 oh, boy, canada I, I, was I there thought... anything else that you recall watching what was okay, like yeah. prime time in well, the think, yeah, 18 household? like 18 we watched 18 okay. that was like my treat to be able to stay up until eight o'clock or start at eight o'clock nbc thursday nights and because we were pretty like my parents were pretty strict about some things i.e bedtimes school nights. yeah like, i so remember go, that like, too now day kids are like Ugh, I don't know. my kids have no idea they don't even understand whatever <laughs> yeah it's, it's ridiculous the chickens run the hen now or was it the chickens run the what's the term so there's a term about that i know what you're saying yeah but I, i'm not sure the bosses don't run the houses anymore so the kids yeah do. What sticks out to me? I remember 18 for sure. I stopped watching cartoons around 11, 12 years old, but I was huge into wrestling. So during this time, I was watching WWF, Hulk Hogan, Roddy okay. Piper, Macho Man, all that stuff, Andre the Giant, you know, the WrestleMania, Saturday Night's main events. All my wrestler listeners, definitely, if you have anyone who loves the 80s and 90s listening to your podcast, they're going to be wrestling fans. If they're a guy, no, well, that's... not sure there's girl fans, but guys were into this. Because that good segue for me, Ryan, because actually we'll circumvent the cartoons for a second. We'll come back to that because it was a freaking killer lineup in 1986. But the midday programming was American Bandstand. Oh, right. Which I don't actually recall ever watching. My reference to it was from the movie Can't Buy Me Love, where the African anteater danced. Do you remember that movie? Mm. And the kid watches... He goes to I a was dance. Con- See, you got to remember, I was 11, 12 years okay. old. So I'm watching action, not romantic 80s comedies. You know what I mean? Like I'm watching anything that has adrenaline. 
adrenaline type movies. I would be surprised if you haven't seen it. It's, I, it's I know kind the, of one of the go-tos. I know okay. the movie. I've heard of it, but I actually haven't seen it. Nowadays, I'd probably have fun watching it. But just as an 11, 12-year-old, when I went to go to the video store or the movie theaters, it was high-octane type films. Sure, yeah. sure. So, okay, so that was the midday programming along with Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. Yes, the Do cartoon. You, so was course. that a cartoon? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I watched that. And so that. then, yeah, the WWF, as it was known at the time, yeah. right? It wasn't the WWE? Yeah, it wasn't WWE until like 2002 or something. Okay. But yeah, you mentioned, and I even, so again, I'm like five years old, but I watched wrestling with one of my grandpas. Like he nice. was a big wrestling fan. So I'm familiar with all of these guys and it just, it brings back such 80s memories. I can oh, I love picture it. sitting on the living room floor of my grandparents' house watching it. But yeah, Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Mm-hmm. So these are the guys of 86, apparently. Oh, yeah. Tell me if I'm missing someone. You said Andre oh, the Giant. Andre the Giant, Macho Man, Randy Savage. Um, yeah, Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake, yep. Junkyard yeah. Dog. Oh, the British Bulldogs. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, the Green. Iron Sheik. Iron Sheik, yes. That's who Hogan won the belt from for the first time was the Iron Sheik. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you see – there was a documentary about him, which was actually really sad. I haven't seen somewhat it Somewhat recently. I have not. Okay. The Sheik one, I have not seen, yeah. Yeah. So I, would, I would like to. Troubled. Also, I, in my research for this, did not know this was a real thing. Okay, so you know how there was a Netflix series called Glow, The Gorgeous Ladies yes. of Wrestling? Yes, that was a real wrestling show. Yes, and I watched it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Real thing. Real deal. I, I the did not know too. it was a real thing, but it premiered in 1986. Oh, nice. And guess apparently. who uh, mother had a hand in it? One Mr. Sylvester <laughs> yeah, Stallone? That's Jackie right. Stallone? Yeah, she did. She, she had a hand in that management. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. All right. So I know that you were a little older, but from a cartoon perspective, what were your cartoons? Well, Transformers, the movie came out and this was a big deal. So it came out in 86 and I saw this in the theater. So I kind of stopped watching Transformers, but this was, it kind of, I feel like I was always born in the perfect time because when I stopped watching Transformers as I got older, I'd seen every episode, but I I'm not going to watch every Saturday morning cartoon of it anymore at 11, but the movie came out and the movie was one of the best movies ever made. Of course, it has the movie soundtrack, another Rocky connection with Vince DiCola does the movie soundtrack for Transformers, the movie. Oh. It's one of the best badass movie soundtracks of all time. Again, anyone listening to this podcast has to look, if you don't like Transformers, the movie and you're a guy, I'm just going to call you out right now. And you're listening to this podcast. You probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast because this is about that retro 86 uh, Transformers movie, the soundtrack. And what this movie was for was they're killing off the old guard. So when we saw this in the theaters, all the old cart, sorry, the Transformers characters like the Autobots and the Decepticons got killed in the film to make way for the new toy line that was coming out. So uh, Optimus Prime actually got killed in the film and it broke my heart. It's one of the most heartbreaking moments of my childhood because i felt as i was getting older you know i'm now getting older i'm putting Aww. away childish things so to speak but to watch my one of my heroes of the, of the cartoon tv screen being killed on the movie screen was was mind-blowing and brave as, as a studio mm-hmm. i went in there not knowing that he was gonna kill because in cartoons on tv there's no killing that's true there's no the characters never kill each other in the movie screen this is now rated probably almost a pg-13 but it was pg at the time in 86 it was you could tell it was different he was a kid like oh this is they're breaking the rules here or these characters are dead because there's no more cartoons with these characters. They have a new toys coming out 
and, uh, and that included Optimus Prime. He was the leader and he got killed. Ferodimus Prime was the new young upstarter transformer. And uh, yeah, and I know it sounds silly, but and one of the human characters, Spike, who was in the cartoon as well, he swore oh. on the movie. And so they, I guess kids were like, whoa, he, he said the S word. And yeah, to hear you that. You have a is, very vivid memory of this. It was a childhood memory, being the big transforms on the big screen in high, you know, animation quality. And then, of course, watching these characters that I watched for years now being killed in front of me in the first 15 minutes. It was like literally in the first 15 minutes, they wiped out all the old characters. Anyways, I'm getting kind of nerdy. I love it. I So I'm not a dude. I have more peripheral memories sure. of Transformers. I remember the cartoon and I remember the toys. I remember playing with the toys. Right. They weren't cheap either for christmas and birthdays but that was always a big ask mom can i have a transform because then they weren't they were probably 25 30 dollars in 86 for one toy in 86 which is like yeah i'm wondering if that's or... similar to couch patch or a barbie or something sure. like that. they weren't cheap and they had some not ones they could always mm -hmm. tell they never transformed properly they broke when you bent them the wrong way <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I love it. It wasn't actually part of the Saturday morning cartoon lineup. No, they were after for school. For this year. Oh, was, they were after school cartoon, I think. It wasn't Saturday morning cartoons. Got it. Oh, God, there were so many after school cartoons, too, that were fun. It was after school. Oh. Transformers, G.I. Joe. Those were the big ones. Uh, Saturday okay. morning were more, boy, like Ghostbusters. The cartoon was a Saturday morning one. Uh, it was Wuzzles. Oh, right. Um, I had I had a stuffed Wuzzle. Rhinoki. I don't, Wuzzles weren't huge for us, but oh. Care Bears, Care Bears were. I saw Care Bears the movie in the theaters too as a kid. You did not. Yeah, I did. We did. Oh my Care God. I love that. Yeah. We saw Care Bears. I think it was the second one too. Care Bears. I think, but I had a younger brother and I think my mom says, you're going to the movies. This is back when parents just sent their kids to the movies. Like I'm. Yep. Just I'm, walk or yeah, ride your bike. I'm nine years old. My brother's seven or whatever. And I took him to Care Bears. And then, uh, yeah, I ended up kind of enjoying it. Like, you know, what do you call it? Like, well, yeah. I'm not going to tell anyone I like this film. Uh, and then what else? Yeah, I, Wuzzles, we had a Wuzzle. Yeah. I had a Rhinoki. It was part rhinoceros and part monkey. Rhinoki, I loved them. Yeah. I can picture them. And I think we watched the cartoon. They're but for whatever cross, reason. They were cross-breeding animals. That's all they were. They were <laughs> yeah, they're just like, it's like if a rhinoceros and a monkey had a baby, it'd be a Rhinoki. That's all it was. They're crossing the DNA of two animals and putting them together. Bumble lion. Was okay. Bumble lion. See, I, God, I was, you have such a good memory. <laughs> this is also on top of my head. You think I did research or something? I lived the. 80s, no, I'm, that's I was, what I mean. I'm saying you have a really good memory. I was an '80s kid. Like I was born in '75, so I was five to uh, okay. fifteen in the '80s, right? So I, I lived that I whole have decade. Vague memories of these things. Um, so the Flintstones kids. Yeah. Muppet Babies. Ooh, I yeah. loved the Muppet Babies. That was, I think, it was Muppet Babies. Well, this was the lineup for 86. Oh, okay. So this is our time capsule that. for 86. Yeah. Um, it was a killer Yeah, lineup. I watched there the was Muppets, also but not the Muppet Babies. Yeah. Muppet Babies, and I remember McDonald's, Happy Meal had the little toys. Back when Pound Happy Meal's toys would, were good, quality toys back then. I haven't been to a McDonald's in literally like 30 years, probably, but... They were I remember toys. Bugs Bunny, Tweety Show, The Real Ghostbusters, mm -hmm. the all-new Ewoks, yeah, Berenstein Ewoks. Bears, Pee-wee's Playhouse, Kissy yes. Fur. I feel like you've... No, not, okay. Not I'm fur, kind of unfamiliar with Kissy Fur. No, I don't know that one. Gummy Bears, Smurfs. Yeah, oh, I love Smurfs, the Smurfs. And Smurfs. I watched those like, even younger. Than, like, it's been around forever. If I, I, yeah. So I remember being a kid watching the Smurfs, and I was a pretty good boy. Like, I was a good boy. And I remember being so heartbroken. Because remember the intro? It used to say, and if you're good enough, you too might see a Smurf. 
And so mm-hmm. I used to be so good and I never saw a Smurf. So I thought for sure that I wasn't being good enough to catch a Smurf in real life. Aww. I know. Oh, <laughs> poor little Ryan. Well, basically, these cartoons are all just commercials to get us to yes. beg our parents to buy so shit. I killed a- you don't have any sisters, so no. I was going to ask. So also during this time was Punky Brewster. I, I like Punky Brewster. I loved was, yeah. Punky Brewster. Yeah. Yeah, um, she grew up to be quite a good looking woman. Yeah, she's, she like, did. She's my age. I think, give or take, she's my age. She's Soleil Moon Fry? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she, yep. uh, she's a smoke show, even today. Yeah. Still? Oh, yeah. Good. Oh, Good yeah. for her. She, Good yeah, for she her. Looks, she looks great. Yeah. Oh, and Alvin and the Chipmunks. So that was yeah. the lineup for the Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, okay. And now I remember, again, I'm like, why am I not seeing certain, like Captain Caveman I remember watching yes. around this time? He used to fly around with his club. He would like he'd <sighs> fly with his club, right? It would, it would, it, yes. Yes. Okay. yes. Captain <laughs> Caveman. <laughs> But that was from, again, like, I don't know, because we're a, a few years apart. Bro- Do you remember? Oh, sorry. That was the group, right? Yeah, it was a banana. Oh, sorry. There was a cartoon called Bananas or something. Or these, they're like life-size stuffies, and they scared the crap out of me. Oh, what were they called? No, Bananarama was a music group, That's I right. think. <laughs> That's right, yeah. But I had to look it up because, yeah, so there were the after-school cartoons the saturday morning but apparently there was sunday morning on the was it tbs or usa usa on sundays which predated nickelodeon and cartoon network and that's what captain caveman and tons of other hanna-barbera shows it was called the cartoon express does this ring a bell to you we didn't have the usa network in canada oh i don't recognize that that lineup so to speak or that yeah No. I- well, the Cartoon Express, and if anybody remembers this, please okay. let me know. Yeah, I'm sure. Let's see. So what cereal, like sitting on the living room floor watching cartoons on Saturday morning? What Were you cereal? a cereal kid? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I dreamt of cereal. We never bought it. Again, I have three brothers. My parents couldn't afford it. Meaning, if they bought one box of cereal, I would eat a whole box of one sitting. So we we get like a box of cereal. Not when you're little. Oh man, right? You have no idea. You have no the voracious appetite (laughs) of four boys. We destroyed the house with food. Anything with sugar was gone. So for us, cereal was porridge. That was it, and we could add our own brown sugar to it or honey. But we never bought box cereal. If we, if we bought box cereal, oh, it was always like Weetabix. Not, not like Honeycomb oh, no. or Frosted Flakes oh, no. or Lucky Gone. Charms. None Gone of those. in a heartbeat. Okay. Gone. Done. Okay. So anyways, I, I, mean, I had it throughout my life, but either at a friend's house or – but it was never bought for the boys. It would be gone on one Saturday It'd be, or one morning. Yeah. It's expensive, right? It it's, always was, and yeah. I never understood it. I'd be at the grocery store Supply with my demand. mom. And she'd be like, you can pick out the ones that are on sale. And I'm like, right. why does it have to be on sale? You know, yeah. now I'm like, yeah. As yeah, parents, I get it. but yeah, I loved so what I, I loved the Lucky Charms commercials, Sugar Smacks, mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah, Sugar Smacks, yeah, the frog jumping around, um, Fruity Pebbles, uh, Count Dracula, oh, yeah. Booberry, um, Boy Tricks are for Kids, of course. You speak in my language. I actually yeah. have like four of those right now in my house. Yeah. You see, that's the funny. That's what dinner is going to be. It's so weird now. For me. My cereal for our kids, it sits there and goes bad. My kids don't eat it. They don't care. To them, it's a nothing. It's 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 a nothing sauce. They yeah, don't really care. I still like it. kid cereal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I could eat kid cereal, but I, I don't anymore because I don't eat sugar anymore. So Yeah, that's right. Oh, man. I'm totally going to have a bowl of kid cereal All right. for dinner. All right. 
No, that's interesting. Kids also don't know that you have to wait for cartoon on certain days. There's something or special about yeah. that. I mean, kids don't understand. Yeah. Streaming Netflix, Disney Plus, they have it's great. They have they get to watch whatever they want when they want. I'm sure if I was a kid, I would love to too. It would blow my mind having this mm-hmm. tablet. Like you mentioned, ha- handing 11 year old self a tablet, and you'd be like, "Hey, go watch whatever you want to watch whenever you want." Be, you you wouldn't leave your room, you know. But I think what I liked about TV, I think that's what it kind of forced you to do. It was a time allotted. It's like the whole North America knew, you know, the the broadcast systems knew like, hey, kids, you wake up early on a Saturday morning. You've got till 10 o'clock to watch the decent cartoons. Anything after 10 was garbage cartoons. They weren't worth Mm. watching. There's always the garbage cartoons. I want to go play now. I want to play with my toys, go ride my bike, go to my friend's house. It was done. You're like, cartoons are over. Let's go play. And so it was that special moment, Saturday morning's cartoons. Everyone gathered around and watched it. And, you know, the odd time you'd have one cartoon on a different channel that you wanted to watch as well at the same time because i didn't have a vcr until i was 14 so i couldn't record anything so you're like ah oh, what do i watch so i'd watch the one that i really wanted to watch if i've already seen it then i go to the other channel at that same time mm-hmm. and yeah, these are the things that you got to enjoy as a kid that you just you know kids i don't know if it's good or bad but there's something special yeah about waiting for that little that, that finite moment where you could have this fix and then you went about your day though it was over it was over and it's like a shared experience too, because we lived in different countries. Yeah. We are different genders, yeah. a few years apart, and yet like an experience that we Special. both look back yeah. on fondly. Yeah, for sure. And, and when you have sleepover, same you know, I sleep over at my buddy's house. Yeah. It was Saturday morning cartoons. It didn't matter. Like it was, it was a given. If I slept over at my friend's house or him at my house, we knew Saturday morning. Get up, we got cartoons to watch. No questions. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Oh, so let's move on because I could literally talk about. I know like it's like this, is, this podcast is yeah. about retro memories. You know, it's weird, right? That we talk about. Yeah, it is kind of weird. So again, July 1986 oh. in the music world, oh. the Farm Aid Two concert happened yes. during this time. Yes, which I don't really remember, but the top performers were Willie Nelson, Neil Young, John Mellencamp, Bob Dylan, Steppenwolf. So weird. Emmy Lou Harris, Foreigner. It drew a crowd of more than 35,000 people and raised over $2 million for That's family it? farmers in the U.S. I mean, it was the okay. second one. Maybe Farm Aid 1 was bigger. And sure. $2 million in 1986 is probably like you're right. It's like ten million dollars now. Sure, fair enough, fair enough. For family farmers in the U.S. So cool. that that happened. And then do you have any guesses for top five billboard? singles oh singles singles. oh no like the song not so maybe these will make more sense to you for me it's a little disappointing in that only one of them i really remember so the number one song was there will be sad songs to make you cry by billy ocean no again this is the actual week the movie was released like the first week in july i remember billy ocean out of my dreams vaguely yeah then holding back the years by simply red. I'd have to hear it, but I know simple couple of their songs, but I'd have to hear that because I wasn't familiar. I was like, what is yeah, this? I... Who the short circuit theme, Who's Johnny by El DeBarge. Oh, wow. That's a stupid movie too, by the way. Sorry. I actually haven't seen it. I've it's not basically, seen it's basically a ro- it's a robot version of E. T. Not an aliens. It's a robot. I think I don't remember. Look, I could be misremembering, but I saw it when I was 11, 12. So I'm in that perfect age group. And even as a kid, I was like, this is garbage. That's what I remember. I remember not liking it. Okay. Well, I'm going to skip it then. Well, no, I mean, there might be somebody might be a guest. I would challenge any future guests to prove me wrong. Why it's a great movie. Let me know why I'm wrong. Okay. 
Number four, no one is to blame by Howard Jones. I've never even heard of Howard no, Jones. No, I've never heard no. of Howard Jones. Wow, okay. So what a bad week. Mostly unfamiliar. When I looked them up, I I'd at least heard the song before, but they're all very much easy listening. That's what was topping the charts in the first week of July, 1986. Now, only this fifth one is one I'm like, all right, now we're talking. Okay. Nasty by Janet Jackson. <laughs> wow, it was 86? Okay. Wow. Which actually, 86 was a huge year for her. It was kind of her breakthrough record, apparently, which featured five singles that topped the rhythm and blues wow. charts. And then it just kind of portrayed like her fierce independence and how like that struck a chord with, I don't know, the youth of the day. And she rose to a level of stardom during this time okay. that rivaled her brother, Michael. Good. So this is when Janet's kind of becoming a thing, apparently. Okay. Yeah. I, I, she was never, obviously, I just wasn't my wheelhouse of music, but I, I always knew who she was. As, she was always in the popular culture. Right. Again, just because of my age, I remember more early 90s stuff. From her Rhythm and Paul Abdul. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> this, I kind of forgot all about these people, but in the news during this time, Prince Andrew married Sarah Ferguson, a.k.a. Fergie. Do you wow. remember them being like a yes. royal couple that yeah, were they followed? Were like, yeah, they were like the young Meghan uh, Markle. And uh, Harry. Harry, yeah, of course. That, mm -hmm. they were. Yeah, they were the gossip calm. Yeah, Prince Andrew, he turned out okay, right? Good for him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So before we jump into the movie, I just want to get your your take, your feel, impressions for Kurt, oh. Patrick. Because so this is the two everymen. Okay. This season of Retromade is Kurt Russell and Patrick Swayze. Okay. 1986, etc. So I did a little bit. I had come up with some nicknames for them being like little doppelgangers. Okay. Because I clearly... And the internet, I think, thinks they look alike. Do you think that there's a resemblance between Not at all. Kurt and Patrick? Not at all. Not at all? Other than the coiffy hair, I can see the coiffy hair maybe. No, I and this is They're speaking like as a man and speaking structure. as someone who was raised with these two, right, throughout my youth. Well, no, I don't think they look alike at all. I, I just don't. Oh, God. I have a side-by-side -side thumbnail as my okay. season one trailer on YouTube, and they they look very much okay. alike in my I guess... opinion. I guess like they the hair, like the, their face shape, their bone structure. Well, all sure. The I guess I guess as far as the square jawline, coiffy hair, masculine features, I, I I guess, but I just never, I just never, I I don't I see it, but I don't. Like I, I hear what you're saying. I guess there's an argument that could be made for it, but I don't feel it. Mm -hmm. How does that sound? All I'm right. Not, well, listeners, please let me know. Please let me know. Now, I don't think that they act like they're very different, but I think they resemble each other in terms of looks. And they're similar in age, I think. So you clearly don't think they look alike, but I know that you're a big fan of Tombstone, oh, right? If it's not in the, my top three, I don't know where it is. It's, it's in the discussion for the top three. I mean, we all know what my first favorite film yep. was. So it's got to be there. I saw it seven times in the theaters alone. You did not. I did. I took, and I, I loved this so much that every time I saw it, like the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh time, I took a friend that hadn't seen it and I paid for their ticket. Okay, so one of your ultimate favorite oh, movies is Tombstone. I, absolutely, okay. freaking Lily. I, I 
love I love westerns. Huge western fan. If anyone's enjoying this episode with me, I am going to start a western podcast. It's coming out in the near future. So I'm, I'm a huge western fan. So I will be nerding out about Tomb. Even though Tombstone won't be the first episode, it'll be Young Guns, and then Young Guns Two will be. I'm doing that. Back oh, you've even got your lineup set up. Oh yeah, yeah. But because I love Young Guns One and Two so much, it's funny. I think Tombstone. I really liked those two. Oh, they're so much fun. Don't, don't get me nerding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But the thing that I like about those, I think, is different than the thing that you like about. Them. Oh, these I like men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair yep. enough. Fair enough. See, I called it. That's fine. Look, I called it. You know me. You know me, don't you, Ryan? Yeah, like no, I'm, yeah, Charlie I'm a sucker Sheen for a... Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, they were good looking guys. They're still good looking men, really, for their age. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I, I freaking love those. Anyway, so Patrick is that Swayze's... your favorite Kurt movie? Is Tombstone your favorite Kurt oh, movie? Oh, easily, easily. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what about Patrick Swayze? Do you have a favorite of his? Okay, or Patrick... what are your thoughts about him? Okay, thoughts about him are they stem from indifferent. To no, let's let's go back in time. So when when uh, he was quote unquote big at the time, you have to keep in mind his first big movie that I was aware of was Dirty Dancing. Okay, so I'm 12 years old when Dirty Dancing comes out, and I actually no backtrack Red Dawn. Of course, I saw Red Dawn first. So when I saw Red Dawn in '84, I was about nine or ten when I saw this film. I didn't know who Patrick Swayze was from anyone else. He was just one of the many cast of characters mm-hmm. from that film. So I didn't think anything of as much as I just thought the film was a great film. A lot of fun to watch and, you know, very brutal for that age and stage in my life. But then Dirty Dancing was huge. It was a mega hit, right? And so what do you think a 12-year-old guy is going to be like, oh, look at this guy prancing around. <laughs> like, <laughs> just... You see, but I'm he was serious. like a like, big... He wasn't like no. a feminine guy. He was yes, he like was. a strong... No, not, not to a like, 12-year-old boy. Like, I'm being... I'm being Look through the okay. lens of a 12-year-old okay. boy in 86. No, none of my 12-year-old friends, guy friends, were like, hey, man, did you see Dirty Dan? No, it's ridiculous. No, okay. no, not a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> like The Outsiders was probably before then? I, I would say I, I saw The Outsiders after I knew the existence of Dirty Dancing, if that makes sense. So I, I knew Patrick Swayze as a huge icon because of Dirty Dancing. And I probably rewatched Red Dawn. After Dirty Dancing as well, and as well mm-hmm. as The Outsiders, because The Outsiders is one of my favorite books of all time. So I saw that movie as well. I yeah, loved- Roadhouse. It's so good. It, I think Roadhouse to me was like, look at this guy who can dance, trying to be a fighter. <laughs> now it's interesting to hear you say that. Almost kind of hurts a little bit because that when this is twelve, I felt back then. Yes. Okay. okay. Thank you for the clarification. Yes. So again, I'm 14. So as a 14 year old boy, I'm just scathing, right? You're not, you're not Stallone, you're not Schwarzenegger. That's the guys I was watching, right? These men, men, this skinny guy kicking people as a bouncer. I was like, come on, you know, you got he the wasn't Terminator. Skinny. He, well, compared he wasn't to like skinny. the Terminator, and and I'm yes, just saying, and that's like, why, yes, good, yeah. good point. But that's why this season is in a time of yes. these like super muscled up, like super freaks, sort of. There were these every men like Kurt and Patrick, and so that's kind of why I com- combine them. You know, I'm, I'm more mature, and as I got older, I would I, I my life my wife's laughing at me. She's yeah. still waiting for you to mature. Uh, she's I still think for probably. Me to mature, I probably. I heard her laughing. A, she, she says she called me a twelve year old boy yesterday. It's true. So, yes, men seemingly don't ever fully grow we up. We do right? mature a little bit. I will say this. So as I got older, I got to know who Patrick Swayze was as a person, as an individual. Mm-hmm. I guess he's a, he's a good guy. And I like him, you know, so I started seeing movies later in his life that were dramas and stuff. And then I, I enjoyed those more. And then now, of course, I watch Roadhouse. Now I watch it as a 
as what it is, but you can watch and laugh with it and enjoy it as the film yeah. that it is that I let myself go, so to speak. But when it Got came it. out at the time, no, I thought he was a fake, so to speak, compared to what I thought was the muscle men at the time. Cause I was watching the wrestling and things like, you know what I mean? So yeah. Well, what's ironic is they were the, what's ironic is they were the fakes and he was I the know, real man. I'm saying that. And I hope you listen to some of the Patrick episodes. Cause I'll Never. talk more about this. this. The only episode I'm going to listen to is this, his book that he wrote like shortly before he passed with his yeah. wife. I cannot rec- – it's literally one of the best oh. books I've read in the last 10 years. It's I would love to amazing. I'll, I'll do that for you. Thank you. But so in that, you'll see why it kind of hurts a little bit because he tried – he was very careful oh. about choosing his roles because he did not want to be thought of as just the dance guy or whatnot. I feel bad. No, that's – and well, there you go. There's a reason why he had that fear because it happened. So not his fault. It's mine. No, but he did choose, he talks about it in his book, but okay. he did try and choose varied roles, but he actually by trade is a dancer, it's great. but also he, there's literally, he was an athlete. Read his book. Everyone read good his man. book. It's so good. I know this, this episode's about Kurt, but I just have to go on about Patrick for a while well, because there is literally nothing that he couldn't do. He tried almost like anything imaginable and succeeded at it. So his, his life is a story about kind of perseverance and he, he does seem like a stand-up guy. Now getting back to Kurt, before we get into the movie, okay. do you remember when you first, like, do you really like Kurt as an actor? Is he up there in your pantheon or is yes. he, you know, you just enjoy his films? So that's a good, when did I start, um, just looking at his, I'm looking at his, I think what probably happened as I look, because he's been acting forever. He's he was a, a child kid, star. Wasn't he, yeah. wasn't he like yeah. a Disney film kid? So he was. He, was, he was doing films obviously before I was born uh, and a lot of different, but I think I didn't get onto, or he didn't come onto my radar. Probably, I know this is going to sound very, of course, but until he did the movie Tango and Cash with Sly. So, oh, that was even after Big Trouble. Yes. Hey, well, we'll get to that. So, so Tangle Cash, of course, Sly. I saw that in the theaters. I was 14 when that came out. And I was like, okay. I, of course, I've heard of Kurt Russell. It would, it would be, I was a big movie guy. Like, I was a big movie guy at a very young age. I got all the movie magazines. Mm-hmm. I was a movie nerd. So I was very aware of things I didn't even watch. I just know, you know, actors, directors, things like that. So I was very aware of Kurt Russell. Maybe I'd seen Escape from New York by then. Maybe. I definitely hadn't seen The Thing. Uh, so really nothing before that. I knew he was an overboard with, uh, with uh, Goldie Hawn, but I wouldn't watch that because it's a silly con. Oh, I'm it's not so watch. good. Yeah. yeah I, but I, you I at need, the time, need, yeah. 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 Uh, then, of course, he did Tequila Sunrise with Mel. But again, I it didn't come on my radar because it wasn't quote-unquote an action film. I was 13 Got when it. I came out. So it's kind mm-hmm. of, it didn't. But, you know, Tangle Cash is a classic, right? Action, action movie. I saw it. And like, oh, I like this guy. And then it was after that film, I saw everything. Backdraft, Unlawful mm-hmm. Entry, Captain Wrong. Then Tombstone mm-hmm. comes out. So I, I admit, when Tombstone comes out in 93, so you think about that. For me, as a 14-year-old, I see Tango and Cash. Then I'm 16 yeah. when Backdraft comes out. Love that film. I cried in it. I freaking cried. Spoiler alert, when his character died. Unlawful Entry <laughs> with him and, and Ray Liotta. Freaking love that. Mm-hmm. Captain Ron, mm-hmm. I saw in the theaters. I saw Captain Ron. See, now I'm becoming a, you know You know you're a Kurt Russell fan when you watch he- Captain Ron in the theaters. Okay. This is true. Okay, this think about true. it. I saw this. I paid money, bought popcorn, <laughs> and I had a great time. I had a great time. I'm That's like, great. And then a Tombstone. Then after Tombstone, I'm like, I'm done. This guy, I love him so much. Everything he has been in since then, everything. Wow. 
That's yep. so maybe you'll know some of this. So there's some trivia. Uh -oh. I'm curious. Okay. So obviously you knew who was a child star. In 1966. Okay. Apparently the last thing that Walt Disney wrote was the name Kurt Russell on a piece of paper. Wow. Were you aware of that? Is it was that one somebody on his menu or? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he couldn't speak. I'm unfamiliar with the history. I'm not sure what the deal was, but yeah, he was a big Disney child actor. I, I, I found that, that surprising. Were you aware of what his potentially alternate career could have been? Stuntman? Baseball player. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So I guess his dad was a baseball player and then Kurt was on some minor league like affiliate teams and like double A division baseball teams, but then he ended up getting a rotator cuff injury. <clears throat> and so that pushed him much more towards acting, but yeah, he was okay. a legit, like pretty good baseball player. Oh, I, I um, did not know that. Okay, good. Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't know his dad was a baseball player either. He owns multiple homes he and sure. he and Goldie. Everyone knows that they've never been married, but that's like one of my favorite things about them. They're, they have they, the best yeah. relationships in Hollywood. I don't think there's any scandals with those two. I love it. They own homes in multiple places, sure. but they own a home in each of our backyards. So in the mountains here, they have a snowmass village home in Colorado. Okay. And then in British Columbia, they, they have a home as well. Oh, what part do you know? Vancouver. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's right next yeah. door to where I live yeah. in Victoria. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. I th When I read that, I thought, oh, that's perfect for Ryan and I. Go visit them. Yes. Yes. Let's. Because their son, I think, played hockey. And maybe that's why they moved, mm. bought a house there back in the day. Okay. Yeah. Um, and like Patrick, our other everyman that we were talking about, Kurt is a pilot. Oh. Patrick was too. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I didn't know that. I Are you ready to get into the movie? I, I know when I do my movies, like the Rocky and Rambos movies, I just... I watched the films, but it's just more like, of course, you and I do the Rocky films. It's like we watch the scene, but we just talk about it. What did it mean to us? Or how did we feel about something? About how it made us feel or what scene was good or what dialogue could have been better. You know, so. Now, we go off on a lot of tangents. We too. do. <laughs> I think we do yeah. and we don't. I think we're pretty good. But yes, of course we do. Yeah. Now, when's the first time you saw this film? If you don't mind me asking you, Big Trouble in Little China. Well, so I was not even five yet. I don't think when this movie came out. Mm -hmm. So I probably did not see it until years later when it was on TV. I don't recall my first viewing. I just remember it being part of our rotation taped from TV VHS copy. Right. And it just, or whenever it would come on TV, it, as we'll get into, it's super unique and it's friggin' awesome. Do you remember your first viewing of it? Well, put a gun to my head. No, I feel like I saw it for the first time 24 hours ago. Because it had been so long, do you mean? Yeah, if I ever saw it, it's one of those things where I know, again, this I, I was at a perfect age when this came out. It was on VHS, of course. I, I don't think my family ever rented it, so maybe it was on TV here and there. But when I watched it the other day, I wasn't wholly like the white tank top. I knew what he was going to wear. And there's a couple of scenes that would happen where I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I, but I don't know if it's just because I've seen stills or thumbnails or. Oh, this like, was a regular movie okay. in our household. This, so okay. I would say my first time seeing it and really watching it, other than maybe 30 odd years ago, it was 
two days ago. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I know, well, we and I'm a huge Kurt Russell different... fan. So is that weird? Yeah. And I'm a huge John Carpenter fan. So the people are going to be listening to this like Ryan, you're fake. You're fake. You're fake. You're phony. <laughs> Your podcast is a fake. Go kill yourself. But that's a reference to uh, Rocky, Rocky Two. <laughs> yeah, I know. Before people think I'm being too dark, but I feel like it's like I said, I the first film I truly watched and enjoyed, especially on the big screen, was A Tangle in Cash with Kurt, and I'm like, I like this guy. I like this guy. I like the cut of his jib, right? And then I saw everything else mm-hmm. after that. And I don't know okay. if I really went back too much. I, I saw The Thing, of course, when I went back in time. But even as I look at his escape from New York, of course. But other than that, I, there's still some movies from before Tangle Cash that I haven't seen. Like, I don't think I still haven't seen Tequila Sunrise and Overboard, which I should just really watch because I love Mel Gibson. So it's funny. Overboard is another one of his, probably Overboard and Big Trouble in Little China are probably the two Kurt movies I've seen the most. Wow. And they're, they're okay. fun. They're just easy. They're just super fun it, in different ways. So I, my memory of this was completely false. Of course, the character Jack Burton, I, from the movie poster, of course, to how he was on in the movie, to what the movie is about and how it, uh, but I'm watching this movie, and yeah, so I'm like, this is, I don't remember any of this. I didn't realize he was such a clown, a bumbling, I would say idiot, it's not the right word, but I liked it. That was a, what a mm-hmm. brave choice, you could say, to have the Kurt Russell character. Because if you look at the movie poster, he's the hero. He's the Harrison Ford of Indiana Jones fame type hero who's going to fix everything in this 80s film. But it's actually his partner, the, uh, was it, uh, sorry. Wang. Wang, Wang Chi. Wang. He's the real fighter. He's the guy that can fight. But I thought that was kind of a brave choice that Kurt Russell, minus the very, you know, of course, he kills the main bad guy at the end, of course. But other than that, he, you know, knocks himself out. He gets into trouble. He gets lost. He's always bumbling around. It's like by the skin of his teeth, he happens to get through these things. He's almost like Leslie Nielsen's character from the Naked Gun series. Oh, my God. Well, so for anybody who hasn't seen Big Trouble in Little China in like decades, the description is a rough and tumble trucker, as Ryan was talking about. He's kind of a bumbling, but a rough and tumble trucker and his sidekick face off with an ancient sorcerer in a supernatural battle beneath San Francisco's Chinatown. An ancient Chinese prince and Chinatown crime lord has kidnapped a beautiful green-eyed woman who is the fiance to Jack's best friend. Jack must help his friend rescue the girl before the evil Lopan uses her to break the ancient curse that keeps him in a fleshless and immortal spirit. Featuring an ancient Chinese prince, a crime lord, and a kidnapped woman, Jack must use his brawn and brains to stop the evil Lopan from breaking an ancient curse. This was a PG-13 movie. Yeah, so was this film... like? Okay, here's the thing. Was this film... Who's it geared towards? Well, so that's an interesting point. So you had mentioned John Carpenter, the director who had five projects with Kurt. So they are kind of one of those, like, it's like Scorsese and De Niro kind of things. And let's say he is, of course, the famous writer, creator of the Halloween movie, which is by far my favorite Halloween movie. He's got a lot of horror movies. So is this John Carpenter trying to make a family film? Well, it'd be like Quentin um, Tarantino trying to make a family film. That makes sense because well, I, I don't know if it's super family friendly. No, which, it's not. Know, but we, that's what I can, mean. Yeah. Like, but what what was his intent? Did he hope for a? Because you don't. You're not in '86. Are parents bringing their kids to this film? I definitely saw it when I was like, you know, six. 
But now watching it as an adult, I'm like, wow, but that it just was the way it was then. There were a lot of things that I saw. I don't know. Now, where I was going with that was that it was a box office flop. It grossed 11 million on a 25 million budget. They did not market this well okay. because they didn't know how to market it. Yeah. It's so, it's even hard to explain and the description doesn't make it sound good, but it's okay, such a fun movie. I, I know we're, yeah. that's, but that's the whole point. I, okay. I'm 47 years old. If people can figure this out now, but all the math we've been doing with the ages I've been. So I'm 47 right now. I watched this film just like for the first time. I've watched a lot. I mean, I've watched a lot of high-end intelligent films and tv shows they, they make a lot of these today right you know we're talking very well-written clever you know intricate plots character details i'm watching this movie and i had to pause it a couple times and go to the wikipedia page to look at the plot outline like i don't know what the f is going on because <laughs> your viewing experience is so different than mine i don't really care like the plot is so uh, it almost doesn't matter well i, would, I, I wouldn't notice it yeah I went in it's, cold thinking he's going to fight Asians. <laughs> I don't know. Once I saw lightning uh, and like the Mortal Kombat characters come in. Like, the three why? storms. <laughs> sure. I, it's weird because I, I have such vivid, fond memories of sure. this movie. And there's just so much to see. It catches your attention. There's so many characters in it. But again, I... It's for me, it's nostalgic because I remember watching it so much as a kid and watched rewatching it yesterday. I'm like, Oh, yeah, the plot is like, it sort of doesn't make sense. So it's not just the plot doesn't, I mean, I guess it makes sense in the sense of it's going from one plot point to the next, and they're trying to like establish and explain this magical ancient world that's been existing forever. And Jack's caught up. See, I was watching it as Jack is caught up into this world as a first time viewer himself. Everyone around him is aware of the legends, the myths, the stories, right? Okay, fine. Like it's it's like everyone knows the lore, the ancient Chinese lore under San Francisco, except for Jack. He's kind of inadvertently dumped into this, and but I just love how quickly he seems to embrace. Or okay, yeah. well I guess I guess there's I guess there's just magic and there's all this crazy yeah. stuff, and he just finds himself in this adventure. And I'm not I'm not supposed to say this is unbelievable. I'm not saying that, but there's a part of me where I was like. They start the movie in in a realistic kind of way. He's a trucker. He's going to drop off some goods. He's playing cards with his friend, Wang, and his friend doesn't have the money to pay up for the lost bet. So he's like, well, let's just go to your house and get it. And then it goes like, well, we have to go to the airport and pick somebody up. And I'm in love with this girl. And then the kidnap goes awry and somebody else is taken. And then him and Kim Cattrall's character act like they've known each other forever, but they just met and they fall in love, but they hate each other mm -hmm. at the same time. It's like, what is going I was always like, I, I just mm -hmm. felt like to me, it was like Jack's actions and everything around me. Wasn't, it wasn't just, it wasn't making sense. The fact that he was so accepting of this world, he wouldn't mention a couple of times. I don't know what's going on around here, but I'm going to go fight these ancients with you type thing. It was a combination of he's wholly unaware of what's going on at the same time. He's, <laughs> he completely buys in at the same time. Yes. He refers to himself in the third person a lot and his kind of one of his catchphrases he says oh you know what jack burton always says what the hell jack always says or you know so he's just kind of <laughs> yeah it's like we're supposed to, yeah i feel like we're watching the adventures of jack burton this is another well we the, are there, but, but there hasn't <laughs> been another film before or after i feel like this could have been the fourth film of a jack burton action mm -hmm. series like he's like the 
he's like a bumbling James Bond, uh, Indiana Jones character. And so the Jack Burton film, it could have been Jack Burton in Big Trouble Little China. Jack Burton in, you know, Frankenstein meets uh, the mummy. Like that's that's where these films I thought were could have gone had they been successful, that we would see Jack Burton in these ridiculous situations. And he finds like a like naked gun, like that Leslie Nielsen character. He, he's almost like he's the not the butt of the jokes but he happens just to be like this whole thing took place and he had other than killing the main bad guy at the end he did nothing for it like he he was like a stick in the river just going down and he just bounced around all the events did not change because of him being there which is fun i'm not criticizing it i just wasn't expecting this i I mean he has guns and knives and i mean he's part of it there are a lot of characters that kind of get introduced and we are introduced along with jack to this ancient chinese lore and all the mysticism and sorcery and it's super fun you have to don't you remember in the 80s shit just didn't make sense and it didn't like you you have to i know but i watched this in 2023 where maybe i'd forgotten I know. Look, I as far as retro, we talk about the retro. This is a retro made podcast. I know ten year old Ryan probably would have loved this film more than maybe. I don't know why. I don't know what happened. I don't know why I mm-hmm. missed it or why I didn't catch on to it. I get it, and so I was. I allowed myself to watch it with the young viewers. I was not being critical of it, but mm-hmm. there's still a small part of me that it wasn't about being critical. I was just. I, I was. I was confused for Jack. And I okay. think that threw me, I think I think that threw me off. It's like, why am I the only one who's not like bewildered by this whole experience? I think if they had just made it a little bit more of what is going on around, like make it more he's trapped in this situation. But the fact that he just wholly buys into saving the world with these, I'm like, well, he didn't owe this to anybody, but he just found himself owing and being brave and all this, like he became the hero. And I wasn't sure what his motives were. And that was to find his truck. That's yeah. kind of the joke to find mm-hmm. his truck at the very end. Uh, and the my police truck. better things to do, or he's just really up for going in <laughs> sure. to like a, a life threatening situation. Yes. But I think we're, it's just like imagery overload and that, but in a fun way. And to okay. answer your question about John Carpenter, this seems like a departure for him. He must be a big Jackie Chan fan. Because that's mm. who he wanted oh, to yeah, play, right. Wang Chi. My favorite thing about this, well, no, not my favorite thing. There's so many. One of my first thoughts when I rewatched this yesterday was, wow, the 80s really have us thinking that truckers are super hot. <laughs> because we have Jack Burton. <laughs> over the top, yeah. And Ryan's favorite movie, Over oh, the Top. Yeah, I'd rather watch this easily than Over the Top. <laughs> I mean, please, somebody tell us that Ryan is wrong and Over the Top is a super awesome. I don't know why people like it. Movie. I think they, I th- okay. Anyways, it's horrible. Fun. It's horrible, but I love it. It's it's nostalgic. Yeah. So please comment. Tell me. Tell Ryan and I what what your thoughts are on truckers being hot in the eighties. <laughs> sure. Not anymore. Like I mean, I don't know no. if they were then, but again, movies have us thinking a certain way. Now, you might find this interesting that apparently the script was originally a Western. Yes, I did read that. And I thought it was kind of Westerns. But watching this, I don't know how that would have necessarily worked. It was trying to recover his stolen horse instead of his truck. Sure. That's why it's almost irrelevant because everything that happens with the the fights and 
the again the the Chinese lore and legends and myths uh, has it would it could be on on a space station because it doesn't matter because the things they do to fight and the creatures it's outside of a western or outside of the city it doesn't matter this the backdrop mm-hmm. wouldn't matter yeah I do I I like that it's underneath San Francisco's Chinatown the city is in this case is a little bit part of the the movie to some degree but. I think there was a big martial arts was becoming really popular at this time. And so that's why yes, they switched it. Sure. I played Wang Chi. He was, he was fine. He was great. Don't get me wrong. But it would have been very interesting to see Jackie Chan in this role. They're, speaking of other people in this. So Kim Cattrall, who everybody will know, plays Gracie. Dennis Dunn plays Wang Chi. James Hong, who everyone knows James Hong. He's like... In every movie, but this to me is his iconic movie. He's David Lopan, and he yes. it's iconic. For, again, it's so interesting to hear him that you didn't the wheelchair? watch this like a thousand. No, I didn't. I honestly didn't. The wheelchair oh. sequences were hilarious. <laughs> when he's in the wheelchair, that was comedy gold. I don't know. I thought like, it his... was funny, but it's scary. Like the makeup department. Yeah. He's like a two thousand year old person you in know a wheelchair. What I... He was scary. That shit was scary. So I, like, less people think I didn't like the film. I should say it. I did. I had a blast watching it. I really did. I, I just – I always come from an angle of it's just easy to say that I loved it and had a good time. But I like to come at the angle of like where I had a hard time with it. It doesn't mean I didn't have fun, but I had a hard time just accepting – because I'm a very kind of literal guy. That's why I cry in movies sometimes is because I'm always, I'm always putting myself in the character's position. So mm-hmm. when a character loses a loved one or a child and I get choked up because – I'm putting myself with that character. I'm like, oh, I couldn't imagine. That's like get choked up. So when I'm putting myself with Jack Burton. Like if I'm in this situation, I just I, – I don't get why he's acting this way. So I get a little confused. <laughs> but anyways, I will I will say uh, what I, one of the lines I should have wrote down that – you know how in movies they always say, this curse is 2,000 years old or things haven't been this way for 1,000 years. Uh, they did a time thing and I loved it. It's been this way for 2,368 days or something something like that. I love how they give the exact year, whatever it was. They were talking about something that happened like 2,368 years ago. You never see that in films. So give total credit mm-hmm. to the writers of this film, giving an actual date down to the year instead of rounding up or down. I thought that was just good. I, I like that. I, don't I didn't even catch up. that. Actually, the writer, who was the writer? The writer was, well, one of them was Gary D- Goldman and, and, and W.D. D- Richter. Yeah, Rick, yeah. Yeah. So Gary Goldman. Well, he, Total he, Recall, right? Okay. Total um, Recall, and, Navy SEALs, right. And so then W.D. Richter was Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And then David Z. Weinstein. Did a few as well that we know about. I mean, his last film, of all the films, his last film, he wrote solely wrote the film Stealth. The 2000 movie I've not even Stealth. heard of it. I don't yeah, even know what that it's is. A, it's, it's a military science fiction film directed by Rob Cohen. It's written by okay. W.D. Richter. It has Jessica Biel, Josh Lucas, Jamie Foxx, Sam Shepard. And it's about uh, oh. the film falls three top fighter pilots as they join a project to develop an automated robotic stealth aircraft. I didn't catch that one. Yeah. 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 So in terms of the other casting, what ifs were. So John Carpenter, because he and Kurt have a thing, his only choice right. for Jack Burton was Kurt Russell. But the studio wanted like someone with a bigger name. They wanted Clint Eastwood or Jack oh. Nicholson, Oof. which I can't really picture. No, I mean, they would have been Kurt brings older, the, but not. It's more comedic. He has charisma. 
his comedy. Mm-hmm. He's always yelling. <laughs> he's always yelling when he talks. You know, every line was like he's kind of Kurt does it though. He kind of yell talks in his films. Does he? He just has a, or he has a very strong projected voice. On he always does a kind of like oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah like, that's, it's always yeah, that I know what you it's mean hard now. to explain but yeah. he just has that. I know what you mean yeah yeah well and he always has one of the things I noticed watching this is that his hair is always perfectly styled well, yeah, that he, hair he, to this day as a seventy two year old man he still has that hair I love it he does have good hair but he just gets done swimming in a sewer pipe yeah. And like two minutes later, his hair's perfectly styled. But obviously, Jack Nicholson and Clint Eastwood did not sign on to do this movie. But apparently, Russell based his performance on John Wayne. Okay, fair. I see that, I guess. And similarly, his performance of Snake Plissken on Clint Eastwood. So that was kind of an interesting little crossover. He was 35, by the way, in this film. Okay. Yeah. I love getting you? Were you surprised by that? Were you yes, surprised I know, by that? but I guess he, I knew you know, this was 30 odd years ago, so he had to be, you know, this is almost 40 years ago, so that makes sense. Yeah, he's 35 because he's 72 now, and uh, yeah, it's just it's weird to see, you know, seeing him this young, it's 10 years younger than I am now, 12 years younger than I am now. That's just weird to me because even when you watch it, it's hard for me to see him being younger than me now in this film. Oh, that's like a time warp. I don't really want to get like to that yeah. age. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you, you know, the first time I knew I was older. Just not old, but older. Because I don't think I'm old. But just when you know, oh, I'm aging. Like, age is happening. Mm-hmm. Is when my dentist was younger than me. Mm. That was my first big, oh boy. My dentist who's fixing my teeth is younger than I am. That was a big moment for me. When I- yes, and we aren't getting, we're, we're vintage is what I like to call it now. I'm not old, sure. I'm vintage. No, you're, like I said, if you're older than your dentist, you're you're not young anymore. Yes. You're not young yeah. anymore. If you're older than you're not young anymore. When, you know, when I still get asked for my ID because they ask everyone for the ID and then they look so quickly and they're like, well, I see the 19. If you were born in the 19s, 19, whatever, you're already already, already over 23, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, crazy, right? Good point. Yeah. All right. So what did you think about the green eyed business? I did some math. So in 1986, if I remember correctly, there's about 3 billion people, give or take. So I did... How many people have, what's the percentage of people that have green eyes in the world? It's 2%. And 2% mm-hmm. of 3 billion is 60 million people. So they had a lot to choose from. Why <laughs> Why was this? They had 60 well, million people that could, then even if you give it that in half, they have to be female, fine. They mm-hmm. have to say 18 and over. So at least they're adults. So, you know, they're at least sacrificing an adult person, not a child. You're still looking at about 15 million girls they could have chosen. They made it seem like Green Eyes is like one yeah. in a billion. I I know. They're like, haven't you been able to find anyone over the last... They even said something as much. Like, yeah, it's, like- it's been 2,000 years. You haven't... And something always goes wrong with the wedding or marriage or whatever. But also, if he's looking in Chinatown... Yeah, sure. They well, say it had to be an Asian with Green Eyes, but they didn't say that. Did they say it had to be a they Chinese? Didn't. Yeah. No, because they end up... He Lopan ends up with both Wang's fiance, who has like just arrived from China... And then Gracie, oh, the Gracie who Kim Cattrall's, right. yeah. Now, interestingly, neither of them actually have green eyes in real life. They wore contacts for the movie, but I do have green eyes, and so I always thought that was really interesting, and that they made such a big deal about it. And also, right. my friend group is disproportionately green-eyed. 
it's it's 2% of the world, but 9% of America, which is still really small. And so we're like, wow, it's really odd that so many of us have green eyes. But watching this as a kid, apparently to just like make the spell go away by your sacrifice, it has to be a green eyed person. Yeah. So I went to Reddit really quickly. (laughs) Reddit's great for this. So somebody asked the very same question. Like why, you know, why did Lopan not look outside of the Chinese race for green eyed women? And so I, I like this answer here. They said Lopan is old school, which involves a touch of racism. <laughs> of course. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> like he's 2,300 years ago, racist. It had honestly never occurred to him to consider anyone besides a Chinese woman until Gracie fell into his lap. Mm-hmm. So there well, they, yeah. they, when they're in the brothel, so there's a scene where this is also like, I didn't catch this at all, obviously, when I was like six or seven watching this. There's a scene where it's just casual human trafficking, like no big deal. The fiance of Wang gets stolen and placed in this brothel. So then Kurt Russell goes in as a nerd trying to ask for her so he can kind of, we'll we'll just buy her back or steal her back. Like, again, this is just like casual human trafficking in a comedy in 1986. Like, that's hilarious. But he's like, I'm really in the mood for one with green eyes. And again, they're in Chinatown. So it's all like Chinese women. And the like mistress of the brothel is like, Chinese girls don't come in green eyes or something like that. And then right. that, that piques the interest. I did like the the ghost groping scene that he's trying to grope uh, the Bao Ying on the table and she's knocked out. She's like Cosby style, styled out on the table and he tries to touch her through her chest, but he goes through her chest because he's a ghost. And he's, then he starts, what do you call it? talking to himself saying, I can't wait till I get a body. I don't even think I remember that because I'm so overjoyed when I see the wedding scenes. Again, I'm a kid and I'm like, the dresses, the makeup, the headpieces. Right. The, I'm a like, guy. It's like, costuming. I know what he's trying to do. Because I was like, yeah. why does he put his hands through her chest? Like, oh, he's trying to grow. At first, like, what is he doing? Because he keeps growing through her body with his ghost hands. It's like, dude, yeah. And the, oh, he's talking about he can't touch her. He's trying to grope her. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. What did you think about, so Lopan, God, I don't know. I just thought he's like iconic. His hair, his like fun. costume, his he long fun, nails. Yeah. yeah he, he was, was fun funny character. too. Yeah. I tell you the wheelchair, I, I should do like a montage clips of just him in his wheelchair. He was hilarious answering the phone and stuff. I don't know. It's just funny seeing him in his wheelchair. I, I, I thought his quips and lines were funny. It was funny, but again, he was scary looking. Well, the green eye or the the laser light eyes coming out of the mouth and eyes, that was pretty effective. Mm-hmm. Like That was a very John Carpenter thing. It's a very couple of John Carpenter moments of just, yeah, okay. just a freaky, a little bit, that's a little bit of the horror, old school, the light coming out of the eyes and mouth. That's a very disconcerting mm-hmm. image of just like, and the lights coming out, of, very demonic. And the, the, I love the puppetry with the, the floating head that gets stabbed. Oh. I love that kind of stuff. You know, it's the tongue that came out and like ate something out of its yep. eye or something. You could tell it was someone's under a glove type uh, costume coming through the. Okay. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, like yeah. A sock puppet. But still, I loved it. Very fa- I love that old school makeup and puppetry. Me too. Actually, I, I actually noted how much I really like still to this day the effects in this movie yes it's like it's, it's fun it's cheesy fun. But it's something, something yeah. about it that it's hard to, i don't know how i don't know how to explain it but the puppetry of these which would just be cgi today mm-hmm. so but I, there's something about that floating head and it smiled and stuff you could tell it was real puppets and there's something 
because it just looks realish. Like it looks not real in the sense that we know it's not a real creature, yeah. but there's something it's there and all the actors are looking at it, you know, and there's something about that that we don't have today. And I had kind of forgotten about, so there's a lot of creatures in this movie. There was that Sasquatch predator looking thing that ends up at the end stowing a ride, you know. In, yeah, it's called in, the Wild Man, apparently. Oh, I didn't know credits. it had a name. It Why? looks like a Sasquatch, but with the predator head. It's a weird creature. It's, it's like we're supposed to be scared of this thing, but if you recall in the movie, Kim Contrell Gracie's uh, the character Gracie kicked it in the back of the knee and if or leg even at one point mm-hmm. in the big action se- sequence at the end, and it went down like a twig. I don't know down. how scary it was supposed to be either, because it it hitches a ride, it stows away at the yeah. end in Jack's truck, like in you know typical eighties fashion. You know, you think it's well, the end, but well, then it's not. Well, that's that's the again, that's the classic. Uh, a John Carpenter horror storytelling because in horror movies, mm. even when the person gets away, the girl gets away at the end, we always get some sort of indication. Mm, are they really safe? Not, mm, stand by, over. stand by for safety. Okay. Yeah. So that was a that was a horror movie move. That wasn't a. Again, this is not Indiana Jones wouldn't do this. Mm. Indiana Jones film doesn't have a false ending, but this is a John Carpenter horror movie guy has. Even though this is not a horror movie in the sense of it's not. There's a couple of creatures and stuff. But that ending is very much a horror movie ending. Good insight. I wouldn't see. I'm not a big horror person, so oh, I wouldn't I am, have yeah. known that. But that's to me, it seems just very 80s esque. But I, I, that's yeah, I like. The thing's this called the Wild Man. It's called Wild Man. Okay, <laughs> the creature is called the Wild Man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, this movie is unlike anything else. It's hard to describe, and it was hard to market. The premise is crazy. <laughs> All of the magic and the mysticism and everything. The characters, it's just so much fun. I, it, it would be really difficult. I'm not sure how I would think about this movie if I watched it for the first time as an adult. Sure. But to me, it's just so much nostalgia because it's fun and the lightning effects, like like Weird Science had it too. It was big in the 80s, like the lightning and, out of the hands and stuff. And, and I feel bad. I feel bad because I know behind the scenes here, when you, of course, invited me to come on and on the premiere episode, I'm very honored that you did that. Um, you asked me which one, and of course, my my brain went to Tombstone because I could talk about it right now without any kind of. I wouldn't have to rewatch the film mm-hmm. type thing, but I'm like, no, no, I'm going to do that anyways for my Western podcast. So I didn't even tell you, and I maybe I should have. I'm sorry, but I didn't even tell you that I hadn't seen the film. I didn't know that. I probably would have had you pick a different. It probably would have been a different discussion had you had the same nostalgia. I, yeah, I don't. Me, but that's the right because I don't have any retro. Fine. I don't have any retro yeah. memories, so I don't. So I'm coming in fresh. So I I attacked it that way, and I I mean that's why I picked. Well, if I could rewatch a film, I I may as well watch something I haven't seen before. But I didn't <laughs> tell you that. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, also I didn't say just any pick. I wanted the first few episodes to be certain, certain films yeah. and so i only gave you a choice Man, of like a handful I, I i'm sorry i apologize so whoever covers tombstone no. they better do a good job and of course well, i have an idea for tombstone i'm a tombstone yeah. nerd and i just mm-hmm. love that film so much yeah okay all right i think i've only seen that like one time oh like 30 years ago or whatever oh, okay, yeah there you go. so it's just yeah, flipped so. around. so that yeah yep big, yeah tombstone is yeah. my big little, big trouble in little china okay all exactly right. all right so want to wrap up okay but we have to talk about the three what are they called like thunder three lightning storms, and the three, the three storms yeah do you have any thoughts <laughs> okay. for me it was just their entrance their skills right. their all everything about it i was just like mesmerized i freaking love it okay, with the I, hats 
<laughs> well, the hats, okay. <laughs> I will say this again. I, I get why people would got a kick out of it. See, I watched it knowing, okay, I see why people got a kick out of this. But at the same time, like, <laughs> the hats were so oversized. <laughs> They that's kind of, part of it yeah they couldn't even see no they can't see well they you didn't notice there's spaces between like the bamboo sticks or whatever so mm, they, they can't mm-hmm. you know jordy laforge from star trek the next generation how you can't mm. see okay he wears glasses across his eyes because he's blind so the actor wears oh. these prop glasses so you can't see his eyes but the actor can see through the glasses but basically he looks through slits in the glasses Got and so it. that's the same thing with these bamboo <laughs> oversight it it, it they're so oversized it it's like again like naked gun it'd be like if naked gun was doing a parody of this film there has to be that (laughs) you ever see space balls right yeah i've seen space balls dark helmet you know the helmet's so big on rick moranis (laughs) (laughs) oh rick moranis (laughs) is these oh like why are they so big so and then what was even more confusing because their faces were covered. Then they spent half the film with them off. So I had a hard time keeping track of. Mm, oh, these are the same who, characters who, which with, without yeah. their costumes on. So I was a little bit confused about who's with who. So when they start doing their magical powers, like, oh, that's one of the storms without the hat on. Yeah. So I was and then the one has the costume this change. luxurious long right. hair. And the the one like blows literally literally blows so, up at so, the end. Yeah. Why would? <laughs> why did he? Was he just trying to like? He killed himself to kill the characters. Was that the idea? He wanted to take the building down, saying to Wall, I'm going to kill myself to kill Jack Burton in the game. Oh, God, this... you're thinking way too much. And well, I don't know. Well, he self-destruct. He's, no, yeah, but he, he self-destruct. <laughs> and the building came down, only a little bit of it around him. But he basically sacrificed his life to kill Jack Burton in the gang. And they just ran away like 20 feet. It's like, okay, well. Because his guess boss... That was easy. I... Because Lopan had already been killed with a super awesome knife throw to the forehead. Which was a callback to the beer bottle catch scene. It's all in the reflexes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. But I think he was just like, because he's the one, I think he's Thunder. He's so angry. He literally got so angry that he exploded. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah. Well, steam came out of his nose, like a <laughs> kettle ready to boil. You know. The, yes. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why. There were so many just thrown in components to this movie oh, that for me made it just fantastically, amazingly 80s. Awesome. It is. And here's the thing. So as a first time viewer in 2023, yes, I will say this as part of your retro made podcast is that it made me feel young again. Uh, like it made me like, oh yeah, that's what makes the 80s special. It, it was a to- the soundtrack, the, the special effects, the costume, the makeup, the hair, Everything was 80s. And so, yeah, it's like, yeah, this is an 80s movie. And that's why the 80s are the best. We didn't. Oh, I have to ask you this because I I actually posed this question <clears throat> on Facebook. So the jacket, I think it's actually yes. called, so at the beginning of the movie, the Baja, it's I called like a Baja jacket. I owned one. I'll see if I can find what, a picture of it. What did you call it though? We didn't, like the know. regional, dang it. Nobody remember, can remember but what we called But I was a surfer them. dude, like I was a beach bum guy. And so I had one for sure. And I love those things. I love, it was one of my favorite jackets of all time. I'll see if I can find a picture of it. I got, I think I wore it was 15 or 16 years old. They were around for a while. And I, they're back loved, again. Like people oh, wear them again now. I, I love it. It's my favorite yeah. of all time. I love those jackets. It's like, it's it like a Mexican hoodie. That time period. I don't know what Yes, it is. It. But 
We called it something, and I believe that there's different regional slang terms for them. Yeah, and and that's funny. That my you whole ask I had one, nobody I can remember. No. So, I, listeners, please let me know. Comment, you know, either on Facebook or on YouTube, or email at retromadepodcast at gmail What did you call this Baja jacket? There's yeah. terms for it. I'd love to know. Agreed. I just had to remember that. Okay, so this super fun talking big trouble in little China with you, oh, but we, we, okay. we can't I... remain in 1986, Ryan. We have to get back to the real world, unfortunately, oh, I but I am super honored to have you guest on my very first episode of the RetroMade podcast. The I cannot thank you enough for joining me. And I, I talk too much. So I'm sorry. It's No, let's, let's that's why you're podcast. a good podcaster. <laughs> oh, is that how it works? So speaking of, yes, you have a lot of projects. And I want people to know about them. What well, are you up to and where, where can make, they be found? You make it sound more than really. So I do the one more round, the Rocky Series podcast with you and, of course, our fellow co-host, Kyle. So just Google. Just the easiest thing to do. People always give, like, just Google one more round, mm -hmm. Rocky Series podcast, and it will show up where we're found. I also do It's a Long Road, the Rambo Series podcast. Again, just Google that. And I, and I do that with my co-host Dom and we are currently on season four covering the fourth Rambo film. So we're, yeah, we're kind of nearing the end of that series. And I have some ideas to do with him afterwards with Dom, if he wants to do that with me, but oh. that's a, yeah, that's a fun, he's a great guy and he's a lot of fun. And I think we're doing a lot of fun and good work on that. We just started Rambo, the fourth film. Uh, then I also do a podcast called The Worst of the Best Podcast with my brother, Jason. That's about once a month uh, that we get around to doing that. And that's just another little side project where we curate a list of something, you know, top something, whether it's a conspiracy theory, a movie or actor or whatever it is. We talk about each item in the list and then we pick at the end, independent of each other, what we think is the worst from that list. Yeah, that's the big three products are uh, podcasts that I do. And I just, I just enjoy podcasting. It's a lot of fun. And I get to make, meet people. I think it's the funnest thing. So people like you, Katie. Oh, and I'm so glad that you have them because otherwise I wouldn't know you. You're a joy to listen to. And I'm excited for all for your new projects that you oh, the Western will have to stay tuned. Yep. We'll have to stay tuned for that. Yeah. Um, yes. Well, for you that are listening, if you like the show, please tell a friend. We can be nostalgic nerds together. And a nice rating goes a long way too, hint, hint. But until next time, be kind, rewind.